guys. Welcome to episode 70 of Res Hockey. I'm Trev and Borat. The Borat impersonator is uh, Mr. Dennis Major, Hi. a.k.a. Bush. What's up, Borat? <laughs> oh, not much, you know. Just I'm enjoying the mild weather. I like it. It's good, good weekend uh, hockey for uh, my boys. You should uh, for Halloween. Uh, dress up as Borat. Yeah, I should I eh? with that you... with the bathing suit? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even going to say that. I was going to say you should dress up in the suit. Oh, oh, okay, the suit. Yeah, that gray suit. Just the the green bathing suit. <laughs> <laughs> Just one nut hanging out there. Oh, Jesus. I'm going to look for that picture and uh, put your face on it. <laughs> Copy and paste it. Of course. Yeah, so uh, what do you mean, how do you boys? Did the Oilers win this weekend? Yes, they did. Well, they beat, uh, they, they beat Anaheim, San Jose, the West. They're not, you know, they should have. They should beat them. But the big game was against Vegas. Number two in the West, and they beat them four two or four three, I think. Yeah. Vegas is number two in the West. Yeah, they are one point behind Rick, Rick Bonus's Jets. They're having such a quiet season, too, eh? Like I, I didn't yeah. know they were that. I didn't know they were that, that good. good. No, no one, no one's talking about the Jets like the way they should. Everybody's concentrating on the East. Yeah, Austin's uh, like they're unreal. About 20... 30, 34 and five right now, Boston and four. That did you watch the Maple Leafs in Boston game on Saturday? No, I don't watch the Maple Leafs play. No, well, it was so many, so <laughs> many missed calls. It was really frustrating. Like the goalie threw his stick at Mitch Marner. Yeah. Well, Mitch Marner was had the puck and he was shooting it, and there was no call. Like. Oh. If you threw your goalie stick, it's a penalty shot, right? Yep, should. So, are there a lot of missed calls this year? Does it seem odd, or is it, or it's all the video replay at different angles that we're just aware of everything that's going on in the in a in a game? I think it's it's not the missed calls; it's a, a lot of bad calls. Oh yeah, like the slashing. Like you can't. Yeah, it's, you can't even touch the guy. You can't even touch the guy no more without being called it's and it's goes to it's for the players too like a lot of a lot of them react overreact embellish the call right Mm -hmm. especially the high sticking calls they'll just they're uh they'll react with the facial expression like the claude lemuse (laughs) like how he used to do it back in the 90s yeah so but yeah uh res hockey we like to do First off, a yeah, land please. acknowledgement that we are currently recording on Treaty tr- 3 territory, home of Bush. <laughs> yeah. We'll just leave it at that. So, okay, yeah. yeah. Home of Bush. Yeah. Uh, our guest for episode 70, uh, he was a guest on episode 4, but he's... He was a player back then. Uh, back then when he was a player. Now he's an assistant coach with the Saskatoon Blades of the WHL. He is a 2022 Fred Saskatoon tournament champion. 
he currently well duh, he currently lives in Saskatoon where he's coaching. Um our guest for episode 70 is our uh our good buddy, Mr. Wasey Rabbits. So uh this this was a good interview. We had a lot of fun as always and we talked beforehand. We talked excuse me, a lot of hockey and just the players that he gets to see game in, game game out. So it was uh it was good. Another good interview for sure. Those of you who are not familiar with his relationship status, he is engaged. Engage? Sorry, he's married to what? What episode was she on? She was on episode fifty. Episode fifty. Uh, Miss Ashley Collingball. Yep. Because uh, of the week. Because of the week for episode seventy, he is from Sweetgrass First Nation. He's a, another goalie. Um, Mr. Jackson Ford. So uh, thanks, Jackson, for um, all your support and good luck in your future for the rest of the season. And I guess his dad message and Jackson has plans on moving to Edmonton next year and wants to play yeah. AAA hockey. So uh, work hard this summer and uh, good luck yeah. in the fall. And I we hope that you... Uh, Succeed with your goal. It's good that kids, uh, kids have goals and they want to accomplish them. Yes. So good luck, and we hope we hope for the best for you. Yes. Uh, yesterday, which is Sunday, January fifteenth, uh, yes. the, the world lost an icon, a legend. Yes. Uh, one of the best. Uh, Gina Ojek passed away at the age of 52. 52. So, uh, how big of an impact was Gino back back in the back in the day? Uh, I think Havelberry would have retired early. There's no way he would have got sixty goals back to back seasons. Back, eh? back back in that day with all the collection grab. There's no way. There's he probably get about ten goals because he gets manhandled. But as soon as you know, you, Gino's out there. You <laughs> he opened so much ice, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. played on the line together. So yeah, I remember one game against Edmonton in particular. Uh, <laughs> Ochik almost got a hat trick because Barry kept setting him up. <laughs> it was like uh, I, was, I was watching it with my mom. I was like, "Well, you know, of all players to be at Edmonton, I want you know Gino Ochik to do it." Yeah, like you said, he opened up a lot of ice for Gino to score his 60 goals, and uh, he wasn't bad. He got 16 goals one year in 93-94, so he could put the puck in the net. 29 points. Uh, The most he got in penalty minutes was 371 back in 96-97. That's a lot. 93-94. That's the year they went to the final play. When they played... When they lost to, uh, they lost to uh, New York Rangers, yeah, yeah. Game he played, seven. yeah, he played ten games that playoffs, eighteen penalty minutes, but uh, yeah, uh, he was the nicest guy. I've I've had the opportunity to play with him and play against him, and he was the nicest guy. He, there's some NHL players when they know that they're good and they're playing in the show, their health, their head swell up and think. But their shit don't stink. But Gino was never that type of guy. He was one to always 
like every summer he was busy putting on hockey schools and mm-hmm. taking the time out of his schedule to to talk with indigenous youth and put on hockey camps and whatnot. So he was always giving back and it was it was always good to see. And uh like when the last time I played with Gino, we were up in Moose Factory and he was playing D with me and he blocked the shot the Saturday <laughs> night. So he broke his foot and he didn't even want to go to the hospital. We end up just go visiting my cousin Darwin that night and he was just limping around. <laughs> He's like, Oh, I'm okay, I'm okay. I, I don't need to go to the hospital. But he had a broken foot and and he knew, like, yeah, he knew his foot was busted. So it just shows you what kind of how tough they were back in the day. Mm-hmm. They're 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 a different breed compared to oh. today's today's players, right? If you look at the equipment that they had to play with versus now, like they're tough back then. Like they they had their own skin for padding. It's it's it seemed at some point. And he fought quite a bit because every NHL team had two to three enforcers, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. every game he was he was fighting, and he was top five for sure. Easily. Top top five fighters in the nineties. So we just want to uh, even in the Quebec League, two hundred eighty penalty minutes, two seventy eight in the two seasons he played. So that's a lot of that's a lot of knuckles chucking. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, we lost a uh, an icon, a legend. Yep. So we just want to say uh, thoughts and prayers to the Ojik family and everyone in the indigenous hockey community, because he'll be missed. That's for sure. So it's not bad. And like he was drafted in the fifth round, 86 overall after playing two seasons of Quebec junior hockey. And he gets drafted and he made the club right away like, as a 20 yeah. year old. Mm-hmm. So, so that was awesome to see. And yeah, I love, it was hard growing up because like watching them play because we lived in Thunder Bay, so we were what Eastern time zone and yeah, Vancouver played. It was a three hour time difference, so it was always it was always too late watching <laughs> Vancouver play. Oh, I know because their game would always start like at ten o'clock at night, so it's like yeah. you'd only be able to watch the first or second. But yeah, he played at where else? He played for New York Islanders, Philadelphia Flyers, and Montreal Canadiens, which is. Uh, I'm sure that that was a proud moment for him, uh, being from Quebec. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it was good to see he's getting a lot of recognition, a lot of uh, a lot of posts on Facebook and social media about his passing, and it just shows you that he was loved and how big of an impact he was in the hockey community. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's do our. Uh, Mid-season NHL Stanley predictions. Uh, we pre- oh we made some predictions at the beginning of the year. Now let's go. Let's uh make some predictions now. After the season's halfway through, NHL All Star games happening in a couple of weeks. So, <clears throat> who are your predictions after forty something games in the books? Do you have? Are you sticking to your predictions? Or are you gonna make? Or are you gonna make new ones? Um. Because you predicted Edmonton's going to win, and yeah, and they don't even have the goaltending. <laughs> That's because I was so every the whole Edmonton community was so hopeful about Jack Campbell. We were praising him, and then um, 
he hasn't turned out that quite Jack Campbellish. Uh, <laughs> that least GM, uh, Kyle Dubas, looks so smart with not resigning him. <laughs> Leaf fans oh. were so were so mad that they didn't resign Jack Campbell, but. Dudas knew something and he didn't yeah. sign him, which is make, makes him look smart and makes you guys look like idiots signing him for five years out of five million a year. Well, we took Hyman away from you. He's doing he's doing good. But we got Bunting and Bunting Dave? Oh, <laughs> Dave Bunting, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bunting's not doing too good. He's not Zach Hyman, but no. but um out of okay, who's your pick out of the West? Okay, I think I might. Uh, obviously, I'm going to want Edmonton, Edmonton to win, but I don't think they will, just because they've been so inconsistent, and they overload up the, the power play. So, the game against LA last week, um, you know, Todd McClellan just said, "Okay, boys, don't draw penalties." Four check Connor and Leon Hart, and sure enough, LA just ran away with the, that game. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna say, uh, I think Dallas. You think I Dallas? Love, I, I love Winnipeg, but I, I want Winnipeg to succeed, obviously. But I think, uh, I don't know. Dallas is Dallas. currently 25, 12, and seven after forty-four yeah. games. Mm-hmm. Um, so because I'm, I'm a- looking at the uh, at the wild card drawing right now, and they're, yeah, they're second right now in the central. Even Seattle has more points than the Oilers. Yeah. That's 56, sad. 56, yeah. Well, Seattle's playing well though. They're 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 well coached. Like they play they're playing really disciplined. It's nice. Calgary and Edmonton, however, are are our uh you know. Yeah, that's <laughs> fifty one points apiece. Uh for my Western conference pick, I'm gonna go with Minnesota Wild. You are you, you I like think, them, eh? I think they're a lunch bucket type of team work hard kind of team and just a a, a grinding kind of team that I'll just yeah. grind the crap right out of you so so I'll go with Minnesota Wild with, for my uh midseason pick yeah Dallas hmm okay what about Eastern Conference you got a lot of good teams oh there's a good turn it up East. and just I think like the Bruins are good, but I don't think they're similar to Minnesota. There's that that work hard yeah. team that will just grind you down. But I just I have to be biased, man. I, I have Corey to has waiting for that. I, I just have to. They're having a good year. They are, yeah. Twenty six, eleven and uh twenty six, eleven and seven. Yeah, that's good. That's a good record. So I think I, I'm I'm going to be biased. I'm going to say my Leafs are going to be in the f- Cup Finals. Yeah, of course. I know they're going to. I don't think they're going to make it past uh, the first round finals. No, I, they are going to make it past the first round. I guarantee it. If the season they was were... going to end now, they'd be playing Tampa Bay. I know, oh, but that... but they're they're in the, they're ahead of. Well, no, actually. They're going to be like how Edmonton Oilers were back in the 80s. They had to lose to the New York Islanders in the cup finals. You have to lose to win. That's true. And they've lost in the first round for how many years against good teams, right? It's the Eastern team. So I think now it's their their time to do it. 
I could feel it. They lost to the eventual to the cup finalists last year. Yeah. They lost to the eventual champions the year before. And they lost to the eventual cup finalists the the Montreal. The yeah. Montreal, yeah. So they're it's and not every that game... they're playing easy series that you know that have just gone blown out, but and they've gone they've gone the distance. Like like I said last year, they're on the cusp of something. And I think this year they're gonna do it. They're gonna they're gonna break that cusp. They're gonna be like, oh my god, this is so cool. This is what it feels like to be Edmonton. <laughs> and every game went seven games, so yeah. it's they're taking it right to the end. Mm-hmm. But I don't think uh, I don't think our uh, our uh, Minnesota Nishnab is gonna do 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 it this year. Washington, uh, I don't think they're gonna make it past first round. If they no, make, if they make the playoffs, yeah. I mean, they're seventh right now with the wild card. They're ahead of the Islanders by three points. This is Pittsburgh, Florida. They're they're chomping at the bit then. So okay, my so my picks are Minnesota Wild, Toronto Maple Leafs, and your picks are Dallas. And you know what? I I hate to say this. And I really hate to vote for him because I because <laughs> 2006 still burns up. Oh, you're gonna uh, go with Carolina? I'm gonna go with Carolina just because oh, that's uh, cold, man. I like Rod Brindamore. I've always been a fan of him. I've always liked him. I've always respected him. So uh, Rod the Bod. Remember yeah. when they used to call him that? Because yeah. <laughs> he he was the heart and soul of Philadelphia for how many years? Yeah, true. And then he went to he went to Carolina. He says, "Okay, guys, follow me. I'm going to lift a cup for you guys." And he just, sure enough. Hmm. Now as a coach, he has that he has that uh, um, bodness, qualm, whatever you want to call it. Bo- bod- did you just say bodness? Bodness, yeah, Rod the bodness. What do you call it? <laughs> Physical physique. So, and as uh, and as and the players are buying into it. Like they're, like they're buying what he's selling. So I think uh, I, I don't want Batman's Southern team to win, but I think they will. Okay, so you're going with uh... with Carolina and the, and the East. Ouch. Yeah. Eh, fair enough. Obviously, obviously, I want, I want a Canadian team like we do. Like I want Toronto. I want Edmonton. I don't want Calgary. I want Winnipeg to be the, to to win. <laughs> Sorry, Way C A. I know, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. I mean, well, the next yeah. time the Leafs, I mean the Oilers and Flames play, we should make a bet with him. The lo- yeah. if he loses, he has to wear an Oilers jersey and take a picture and send it to us. But if you lo- if Oilers lose, you have to wear a Flames jersey. Oh man! Oh man! I would get eaten alive here. Oh, that's that's a bet we're gonna do. Okay, all well, right. Uh, it is gonna have to be it's, it's next season though because the Battle of Alberta uh, is done this year. Is it already? You yeah. think they would play like the end of the year? It's one of the biggest rival mm-hmm. rivalries in the NHL. Like, yeah, you still have the second part of the season still. Why not put it put it in the end of? I mean, the beginning of April when it's. They're really battling for a playoff spot. Yeah. That's that's sad. Mm-hmm. NHL shame schedule. on the NHL for yeah, the scheduling. Yeah. That sucks. So, uh, uh, with that being said, uh, 
let's head over to our interview with uh, Mr. Toe Dragon. Yeah, Mr. Toe Dragon. Yeah, let's go. Res Hockey would like to introduce our guest for episode 70. He was on episode four and we invited him back and he gladly accepted. So we're thankful for that. Res Hockey would like to introduce you our guest for this week. He is currently living in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, as he is an assistant coach with the Blade of the WHL. Welcome back, Wacy. Welcome to the show, man. Welcome. Thank you guys for having me back on. It's always uh, a pleasure to to shoot and talk about hockey. Yes, it is. Uh, you're coaching your first season as an assistant coach with the Blades. Uh, how's the season going so far? Um, man, we've been we've been really good. I was surprised by uh, you know, the level that our team can play, and every day. Like we, we have a couple injuries right now, so we're kind of going through that adversity that every team goes through, you know, but early in the season, I think we won 10 in a row and we just kept climbing and climbing. And um, like it's, it's really fun just to be a part of that and get to work with players every day that are just trying to get better every day. The Blades acquired Connor Roulette from Seattle. How big of a trade was that for the club? Um, it, it was actually pretty good. So this is like my second or third week here. And we traded our uh, the top goal scorer and top point getter from the Blades for Connor. So it, it was pretty big, you know, just even in the dressing room. Um, I got to watch Connor one game when they're playing the Oil Kings and just watch him play. And, you know, he's a, he's a really smart player. He's got a lot of skill. But, you know, that's the hockey player part. And when he brought to the dressing room, you know, he's he's a really good kid. I mean, he's 19. He's not a kid, but like you can see, he's a really good teammate, and that goes a long way. And I think that was a that was a big thing for our group when you lose a player like that, and then you add someone that you know brings, you know, he he smiles every day. He 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 wants to get better, so it rubs off on his teammates. Um, game day as a coach, what time does that start for you? And what 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 do you do all day from the last? Um, depending if we're on the road or um at home, at home. You know, I'm at the rink probably 8.30. Um, we're trying to get our video clips ready and everything for our, our meetings. And then we we have a pregame skate, which, uh, you know, the myself and Dan De Silva, the other assistant coach, run. And so that probably takes about an hour to – because we're right now me and Dan have decided that we're going to start bag skating with, uh, with some <laughs> of the scratches. And then we play, and then we play two-on-two with uh, the guys that are scratched, so we may have some fun with them and – um, so a little bit of competitive side. And then after that, I'll um, I'll go home for about probably an hour, hour and a half. And then we're back at the rink at three. And then, you know, we have our pregame meetings. We have our meetings with certain individuals. And then it's game time at seven. And then after our game, we uh, we watch the game over and we get our uh, their individual clips or certain system stuff that we, we want to present the next day or, you know, if we have to pre-scale. But like yesterday, we – we got home from Regina or sorry, two nights ago, we got home from Regina at 1am, 1.30. I was in bed by two and I was up at the rink at, we didn't have to bring the players in. So I got to the rink at noon, but I was home last night at 1am. So it was like a 12, 13 hour day. So it's, it, it is work. I mean, <laughs> I'm not, it's, it's <laughs> no different from any other person in the world that has to put in those hours, but it's, uh, I really enjoy it. 
but they are there, especially with the bus trips there, they are, they do get a little bit longer than, <laughs> than I would where <laughs> you get to go home and rest. But now it's, uh, it's, it's whatever it takes for the players so that they're prepared for that game. Do you take uh pregame naps? Like uh, back when you played, <laughs> I, I used to live re- like religiously. I was a guy that went from like two to four. And then sometimes I found myself like groggy when I woke up. Um, more towards the end of my career, I, I would lay down and I would uh, just kind of lay with my, my dog. And if I fell asleep, I fell asleep. If I didn't, I'd always set an alarm just when I had to start getting ready toward, for the game. But, I mean, if I fell asleep for 50 minutes or I didn't fall asleep at all, it didn't really affect me at the game because I yeah. probably cried two or three coffees before. <laughs> so I was right out of uh, being a coach, do you uh, consume a lot of uh, a lot of coffee and tea and whatnot? Uh, I'm a big black coffee guy. Yeah, I try to have one or two coffee a day. Like since I retired, um, I'm getting the coaching bod, so <laughs> I, I, to, I try to manage the intake of my calories. So it's a lot of water and a lot of black coffee. Oh, uh, road trips are long. Um, what do you do now as a coach while on the bus? Uh, are you one of those coaches that sit in front of the buses? And because I know, like ninety five percent of the time, well, hundred percent of the time, the coaches always sit in the front. Yeah, we're we're at the front. So we have our head coach Brandon Sani, um, Dan De Silva, myself, and then our our video guy. And honestly, man, we're we're on video all the time. Like as soon as we get on, as soon as we leave the outskirts of town, we're we're looking at whether it's pre-scouting, just because there's so many games and we want to be prepared. We want to make sure we have everything. And um, like this year, like our, our head coach, Brandon, he's, man, he, he's teaching me as a young coach how to work and how to prepare. And it's, it, it's actually pretty wild of how, you know, you, you think you, like as a player, you're just there to show up and you don't realize how, how hard coaches work. And now I'm realizing that. And <laughs> it, it uh, so I'm very thankful for my past coaches and I hopefully I can keep that work ethic for my, <laughs> my player. Uh get my glasses. There, I can, there we go. Uh how awesome is it to see the number of indigenous and Metis players in the league right now? It is actually uh it one, it's inspiring for, for our next group and then like the next the the youth coming up, and two, it's just there's like some satisfaction that you know, I feel as an indigenous, you know, a person that played in that league where there's probably only a handful of us. And now, you know, you go through the rosters, maybe one player on each, either that has Métis or indigenous or, you know, some sort of indigenous background. And it's, uh, you know, it's, you see that all the work that prior players put in and, you know, the role models. And we just talked before, like uh, Gino Ojuku just passed away that, you know, you're kind of paving that way. So these, these next, group are, are definitely doing that and here in saskatoon with connor roulette and josh P- pillar man it like every like first nations person i talk to is asking about them so it's like our the game is growing but so is it on our communities i think that's so important uh best part of being the coach what's your favorite part i think honestly the the relationships with the players you know um there's a lot of pressure on these young men and, you know, you, whether we're on the road during practice, we have our individual meetings is that you get to, to actually find out like kind of what makes these young men tick and how each player is different. So there's certain ways you can talk to certain players and um, 
just the relationships because you can see if they had like if they're going through a rough patch and you know you're trying to help them out of that rough patch and then they score a big goal or they they have a great game and you can see the the smile on their face and it's it's uh it's really I, I enjoy that part of being a coach is just trying to help and the relationships with the players. You get team sticks. It's actually <laughs> funny. Um, so when I was hired, our equipment guy called. And he goes, hey, what size skates do you wear and what stick? Like, what's your curve in CCM? And I had to, like, kind of step back. I'm like, you know, I'm a coach. I'm not a player, right? <laughs> All the coaching staff has their uh, their own their own sticks, their own, uh, their own skates. And on my stick, it says Toe Dragon. No way. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's actually funny. So going back to the, the relationships with the players, there's a, there's a young man on our team that um, – I think he had he was kind of struggling scoring goals. Like he was uh the beginning of the year he started a little bit slow and then I was looking at his curve and I he looked at mine and he he started shooting with it. And I think he's probably the hottest player in, in the league right now. So we, <laughs> we call him Toe Dragon as well. So like the Toe Dragon name is going out and around inside in the blades dressing room. <laughs> what kind of uh stick do you use then? What kind of stick did you pick out? I mean um, like this like the flex and the curve. So I've had my I've had my curve with CCM since 2006. Um, it's kind of a mix between like a jury, okay, like a heel sackic and a sackic. Okay. So I, I when I when I first started, just the more of a heel curve, and then I added some toe in it. Um, I went with like a bit of a smaller blade with the like just the length, and then the kind of the it's it's kind of hard to to describe. Um, it is a little bit weird because it's that mixture of it. Yeah. And then I just went with, I don't, I don't like grip on my stick. I've never, I've, I've always hated grip just cause I need, I feel like it's important when you're shooting and stick handling to be able to like use your bottom hand. Yeah. Um, and it's a 75 flex, just like I think what's kind of standard right now. So the, the toe dragon CCM rib core jet speed, whatever it is. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it pushes pucks really well. <laughs> what about your skates? Uh, are you really picky with your skates? Um, yeah, so I was a big graph guy growing up and when I played here, my last couple of years in Saskatoon, our trainer just wouldn't, um, get me graph anymore just cause they, with the leather and they break down, I'd go through like four or five pairs. So I went to CCM and I loved them. I went, I tried to use Bauer when I was in Norway cause we had a, we're a Bauer team. If you use the Bauer product, you can get as much as you wanted. So I'm like, this is kind of cool. I'll just get like 12 Bauer skates. And then oh, wow. I started getting like Bauer bumps. I call them the Bauer bumps and just on the inside of my, both my big toes, like I'd get like calluses and every game after the game, our team doctor would come have to shave them off so that I could put oh, my man. foot in the boot the oh. next day. So I went that one year, then I had to go back to CCM. So. Um, yeah. Are you one who likes to have a skates really small? Like I'm a size 11, but I like wearing a size eight skate. Cause I like my toes curled. Paul Coffey, yeah. So yeah, my, almost, yeah. My like, suits are six and a half D. They're like custom. Yeah. So they're like a six and three quarters, basically, but they say six and a half. And I need to have like the same thing. Paul Coffey, I need to be able to like curl my toes. And yeah, I felt like it helped me play like turn better. And in, in Bauer, they I had like the flat feet and I just like, you know, I felt like a duck. I couldn't skate or walk. <laughs> we all have. That's the thing with us niche, niche guys. We all have flat feet. The flat oh, feet. I got really. I got high arches. My grandma. I have my grandma's feet. Yeah. And just 
because we're uh, we're from the plains. We had to run. High arches, and my uh, my wife hates my feet. She said I have like long toes, and she said they're tingers. Like, That's cool. <laughs> so she just she just stays away from my feet. <laughs> Uh, last May, you played in the Freddy for uh, Norway House Bruins, where you guys won the championship. How was that experience? It was actually really, it was nice to to be, because it was my first year from retirement. I just like playing and being competitive. Um, I played with OCHAP in the Sens Cup here in Prince Albert. It was the end of March. And then I didn't know if I was going to play in Freddie just because with playoffs with my, uh, we were coaching and then we ended up losing in the, in the conference final there. So I had some time and um, Skyler who actually, I never met him, but I think just crossing paths, he, uh, he reached out to through myself and to Colton and Judd and Jesse Dudas if they wanted to come join their team. And um, I knew uh, the late Brent uh, Wilson, so, you know, just they wanted to bring a good team together and, you know, play for him. And it was anytime you can, you're asked to do that, you you, you can't really say no. And, you know, watching their team in Prince Albert, I think it was kind of just going to be like overkill if all four came. Like they were like, they play hard. They played yeah. together. Like they, it was, I was like, it was watching like a, like a, like a semi-pro team, just the way they prepared and like their, like their warmups. Like they they play the other team and you look at the other end and other teams you know they're just trying to warm up their goalie. These guys came out and they were prepared and that, that was that that's why one of the reasons why I wanted to play with them, and they played hard and they they had a good team so it was uh it was it was a fun and they they were a good group in that dressing room. There there's a lot of good guys on that on that team. Uh, they got championship rings. Will you be getting one? I didn't know if I was going to get one and Skyler actually messaged me and showed me it and got my ring size. So they, I'm getting it. I haven't gotten nice. it, yet, but just, it'll be really cool to get that, that ring. And they look beautiful. They're, they are. They're, yeah. They did a really good job with, you know, like representing that their, their community and, you know, the championship. And it's, it's, it's a really big thing to win that tournament. And they, I'm just happy that uh, I was able to help and, you know, playing with them. Um, the A uh, couple of weeks ago, you and I met up, and we talked about the game between the Bruins and the Moose Creek Scrappers. Uh, let's uh, recap what we talked about <laughs> the Bush because he wasn't there. But uh, how, how I don't want to say scared, but how close of a game was it between the Bruins and the Scrappers? Um, Just, I mean, I've never really heard of like the team because I think it was the first year in the tournament. And... I watched a little bit of their game against Red Pheasant and Red Pheasant has been really known to be really physical and they didn't back down. And then when we played against them, like uh, that, they, they skate, man, they're fast, they're physical. I thought they were honestly the best team in that tournament, like no disrespecting other communities, but just facing that what we faced further. I thought they were probably the best team in that tournament. Um, they played, you know, defense, they had a good goalie, their forwards are, fast and they moved the puck and again like thank thankfully judd had a big you know <laughs> third period you know he kind of he carried us but like i remember we we're down in the second period and i was just i mean i wasn't gonna be the negative guy but just thinking in my head man i'm like this might be it like we might be uh <laughs> we might be going home here early. <laughs> um but yeah man like they're they're a really fun team to play against because that was legit 
like a professional hockey game. Like if when you move the puck, you had to be aware that they were going to finish their hits and any turnover, they were coming the other way and it was probably a scoring chance. So like, it was like as a professional hockey player. Now we talked to these kids in the Western hockey league. It was about managing pucks and you, they, they forced us up to that level with them. And that's, that's all you can ask for in, in, a, in a competitive game. And, you know, um, they're probably going to be better next year now because <laughs> of expect with with the yeah. tournament. So they're, I think they're one of the. They're probably a favorite to win the tournament. Another question Bush and I always wondered was uh, Judd's breathing. Yes, have yes. he ever? Has he ever talked to you about his breathing technique? Like while he was like as he's playing the game. Have you noticed it? Like do you? Have you well, seen I, him? Yeah, I've noticed okay. it. Um, a lot of guys are doing that now. I don't know if it's the Wim Hof technique, where but he, I think it's just. Uh, to slow your heart rate down so your recovery is quicker and and that guy is there's a reason why he's still playing he he keeps himself in impeccable shape whether it's on the ice off the ice what he's eating um his probably his his sleep pattern i know he reads and you know that's just another part of you know like being a pro is like anything to just kind of get that advantage and to get better and he's the, the breathing is a big part now in a, at that professional level so th- it doesn't surprise me when you know, he's always looking to get better. And that's the reason why at 35, 36, he's still playing and playing well. Yeah. Okay. Um, Kate, uh, how was it, how nice was it to be able to share the ice with Judd and Colton on one playing skating together in that tournament? Yeah. I'm going to, it's probably been a handful of times since we were probably 12, either we were playing against each other in the Western league or playing against each other at pro. And then we finally actually, like we've talked about, like getting a team and just doing something. And um, we have a, we, we have a four on four tournament here in Calgary. Well, not here, but like in Calgary, when I live there, it's called a, it's just like a four on four where like pro guys, semi-pro Western hockey league, they have a, it's like a cash tournament. And we had, our team was named the toe dragons. <laughs> we, like we had myself, Judd Colton played one tournament. We had Michael Furlan play, um, Brett Kulak, Zach Boychuk, and some other guys. And then like we end up like we would win that tournament. And then that was kind of the only time, but it was only like really just kind of big pro guys and junior guys being like having some fun. But like to represent our community, um, we brought our team from Kainai two two years ago, kind of just ended up COVID and we didn't have a great Freddie. So that's why when we played with Norway House, you know, it was really nice just to like the hockey's nice, but just to be in that dressing room atmosphere with each other mm-hmm. because it's different and you get to have those jokes or like making fun of each other. And now like we, when we go to these tournaments, myself, Colton and like my late cousin, Clay Plume, like we were always the loudest guys in the room. Like you, we, we probably don't even know these guys, <laughs> but we just like to talk. And like, I feel like from, or with Blackfoot people, like if we don't tease you or like, you know, kind of razz you, that means like, we don't like you. So if we're like kind of razzing you, it's just trying to just to open up to everybody and just like, you can, you can chirp me about something all day. And like, it's, it's just kind of just learning some humility with each other too, is that mm-hmm. it's good to, to razz each other. And with Colton and, and Judd, they're, they're like best friends too. Cause they, they grew up, they're in the same age and they went to school together. So it's, it's nice to play together. And now that we plan on bringing our home community back to Freddie, that hopefully, you know, so we'll add, we'll add to those memories. Yeah, that was my next question. Uh, depending on the Blade schedule, will uh, the Braves uh, be playing in the Freddy? Yeah, um, my cousin Darnell, he's the GM. I just been 
like in the summertime, I was helping them, uh, well, just with funding, like fundraising and, um, they, uh, are, uh, are the communities, they got behind us so that we are going to bring a team back together, whether we're going to have everybody or not, that's always depending. Like we have a lot of guys that are still playing junior, a couple of guys, um, um, going to like in CIS or NCAA and then obviously Judd and Colton and then barring injuries as well. Right. So like, there's a lot of factors. I mean, we're going to bring a team, whether it's our, with like, if we have all the guys that we planned, that's that's hockey so you know you, you plan one thing and then something happens so but what our community is going to be there and um, I'm really excited that if I do get the opportunity to play or at least even if we're here like if we're still playing I'll get to go watch a few games and cheer on my home community do you as a coach do you have any advice for young players my number one thing is is be a good teammate work hard and the last is most important is do not forget to have fun with the game mm-hmm. because I think that's most important. So if you're have if you're working hard, you're a good teammate and you're having fun with your teammates, you're going to get better. You're going to do what it takes to get, you know, whether it's waking up at 5 a.m. for a 7 a.m. practice or you're just not feeling like you want to go into the gym in the summertime because it's nice out and all your friends are doing this stuff. But if you're having fun and you're enjoying it and you're enjoying getting better, I think that's really important is that, the, the drive will be there if is if you're having fun because it's like any like any walk of life if you don't like something or if it's painful that you you have to enjoy what you're doing and that's 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 why I love hockey yeah that was well said totally uh well uh toll dragon uh we thank you again for coming on the show we appreciate taking uh the time out of your busy schedule to uh, joining us and talking some hockey for sure hey so um did you guys do your top five yet no not yet what is your top five this week um i don't think i wrote one down this yet do you have one in mind it was a couple episodes ago you guys brought one whether it's a one piece wood or whatever i think it's your top five sticks because mine is do you guys remember the bauer 5000 eric lindros yeah yeah that curve changed my life because i could finally take a slap shot just the way like it felt yeah. It was, so that was just kind of my, and then the next one was my, the ease, the very first Easton synergy, um, Ronick pattern. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then I hated the stick, like to stick handle with, but remember the Louisville rubbers? Yeah. yeah. And then I think yeah. the most important is the, the aluminum. You couldn't stick handle, you couldn't shoot with them, but they were the very first two piece, the, the blue yeah. and yellow I had, the Brett Hall. How do you think Gretzky got all those points using that Easton stick? No oh, man, and he had like the the gloves that came past his elbow. Yeah, <laughs> I, like I wear those like in wreck when I get <laughs> when I when I was still playing. I don't know, man. He was, and he wore he used like the worst curve too. It was like a straight yeah. curve. That was just he's a magician. He's on a different he's on a different world. Um, dry saddle. He has a long blade. Would you be able to play with how long his blade is? Uh, I think the curve was similar to what I used in junior. Yeah. Not as long, but the Ronick was like a it was it was what O'Reilly uses now. Oh yeah, so it's kind of with that toe. Yeah. So, but the dry sidle is just like a surfboard with a. With a <laughs> yeah. I don't know how he's <laughs> it's just, just this big skate surfboard, and then <laughs> yeah. yeah. And his sauce, his backhand saucers are always on tape. I don't know how he could do that from one blue line to the other. Mm-hmm. It's I I hopefully none of my players hear this because I tell them like. 
just make a, a flat pass on the ice, but I love sauce. Like I, that's my favorite. <laughs> if it's looter, it's like unnecessary. Like just, and if it lands crisp, yeah. it's the best. <laughs> it's like it's like hitting that perfect like shot when you hit a home run, yeah. or if you hit that perfect hit off a drive. Landing a perfect sauce is probably one of the top five things in my life. Okay, like, next hey, time, next time like, we watch like, you uh, play. Next time we watch you play and you sauce one, I'm, we're gonna look at you to see if you're just admiring that pass, <laughs> just loving well, it. I have to, I have to sauce and I have to pass now because I'm not as fast as I used to be. So, you know, I'm, like, I'm like a short, fat dry sidle, I guess. Right? Hey, welcome to the club, man. We're uh, <laughs> we're uh, hitting it up old timers now, so uh, mm-hmm. hopefully we'll you'll be joining us in another what? How many more years till you're uh, forty? Um, hold on, oh, I'm 36. <laughs> After 30, honestly, you just blended in. I'm 36. But I'm, in some of some tournaments out west, you can play like I play in the men's league with um the Saskatoon Tribal Council team, and it's 35 plus, so I can play oldies there. I have like oh, nice, that, nice. I break to my I break to my players that I'm at an eight point like clips like i'm averaging <laughs> no big deal no biggie bush is like that too yeah <laughs> eight points all right man uh thanks again for joining joining us and hopefully uh well bush and i will be in saskatoon and yeah. may and hopefully uh we can meet up and uh do something together or whatnot for sure gentlemen and just before i leave i want to see you guys do a great job like I love listening to your podcasts and people talk about it. You guys are growing the game in our communities, which is really important. And you're giving players that probably wouldn't have a voice a voice. So you guys do a great job of doing that. So congrats to that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank we you. appreciate it. Uh, we'll see you again and uh, take care, man. Thanks guys. See right, we'll see you. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, like we said earlier at the beginning of the yep. show, this was a great interview we had. With Mr. Toe Dragons, lots of laughs and just uh, always awesome to, to talk to him and uh, have him share his wisdom with us. So uh, thanks again, Mr. Toe Dragon, for coming on the show. And he's like one of those guys where we could just have him on the show all the time and he'll just very, tell very stories. Personable. Yes. Yep. So, so that was awesome. Uh, another fun interview. So thanks again. Uh, this week, this week's uh, Res Hockey Top 5, Top 5 Stories of the 22-23 uh, NHL Seasons so far, Indigenous uh, Editions. So uh, all these stories are Indigenous-themed uh, and include an, an Indigenous player. So uh, Top 5. Uh, number 5. Uh, the upper deck hockey cards. Uh, there was, um, there's a total of ten thousand of eight card sets that have been printed. Uh, the eight cards feature in the set are Ted Nolan, Jason Simon, Rocky Trotche, Dan Frawley. He was on the show. Danny Hodgson, Hodgson. Sorry, he was on the show. Victor McCready also is. On in the set is Johnny Harms and William DeCrane LeCane, sorry, who are now deceased. Uh Upper Deck uh met with uh f- former cousin of the week named Cardinal, who is from Tall Cree First Nation and 
in Alberta, and they uh, there was a board, and they all came together and said these guys need some cards because I know a lot of these guys have never had hockey cards during their playing career, so mm-hmm. they thought it was a good idea. Um, the cards were designed by Jacob Alexis from Alexis First uh, Alexis Nakota Sioux Nation in Alberta. So it was awesome to see that uh, these guys finally get their hockey cards. So if you're out there, if you're a card collector or not, which I'm not a card collector, but I'm going to get these hockey cards. Yeah, it'd be cool to have. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, number five for top five stories so far. Uh, number four is uh, Brandon Montour's awesome start of the season. Yeah. Um, with uh, Aaron Eckblad out for the first part of the season, uh, Brandon got a lot of playing time, a lot of power play time. So now uh, for through 43 games, he has eight goals, 28 assists for good for 36 points. So he's having a good year, uh, which is awesome to see. I always knew he was good. He, yeah. He's that offensive defenseman type and every team needs a, a guy like that, especially being a right-handed defenseman. Yeah. That's like gold. So yeah, Brandon's having another uh, good season. So that's number four for our top five stories in the 22-23 season. Number three is uh, Carey Price being on long-term injury reserve. Uh, knee injury mm-hmm. still from when the Canadians played the New York Rangers when yeah. Chris Kreider uh, accidentally. Accidentally. Quote, quote accidentally, yeah. Right? Yes. So it's unfortunate. Carey's still... Uh, on injured reserve, but you see him at the games, and every time he's uh, introduced at the games, it's a standing ovation, and he's just it's, he's still loved in Montreal. But we'd, I'd love to see him play on the ice. So hopefully, he's uh, next season he comes back on the Canadian active roster. Uh, number two for top five stories in the twenty two twenty three season so far. Uh, NHL teams having Indigenous nights, uh, yeah, having celebration nights. You had the Toronto Maple Leafs, Winnipeg Jets, Minnesota Wilds, yep. Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> Vancouver Canucks had practice jerseys, eh? Did they this year? Yeah, they I had think to have, so. Yeah, pretty sure they did. So it's good to see that NHL teams and and uh, First Nations are working together to have these special nights. And and it's good. It's I tried looking at the Austin Matthews jersey. It was like 12000 bucks. So I was like, oh, that's $12,000 over my budget. A little bit. <laughs> so, but it's, it's good. It's going to a good cause. And yeah, it's good to see that people are bidding for these jerseys. And uh, yeah, that's it's good. Hopefully, more teams jump on board with this. I think they will eventually. So, that's uh, number two, and the number one story, top five in the top five stories of the twenty two twenty three season. Unfortunately, it's the passing of Gino Ojic. Uh, yeah. Like we we talked about Gino earlier in the show, and just this guy was a legend, one of the top fighters enforcers in the NHL and uh yeah it's unfortunately that he he passed on to the spirit world but uh he left a good impression with all of us so 
So yeah, that's uh top five stories in the NHL season so far. Indigenous mm-hmm. theme. So yeah. Uh what else? I need new skates, man. My uh I've had my true skates for five years. So your free skates? My free skates that I won. Um <laughs> I tried I put on my skates and I tried to lift up my tongue and it ripped. So that's and my eyelids eyelids on my skates are coming off because the leather's too uh I'm saying this in a nice way. My leather is stretched. What do you what do you what do you get what you pay for, I guess? I guess. <laughs> so the question is, do you pay a high amount of dollars for a good pair of skates knowing that they won't tear away and that they'll last? Or do you buy a crappy pair of skates, like a $200 pair of skates, but knowing they'll last one year and they'll wear out and next year I'll have to pay another 200 like, Wow. Well, I like to, I like to look, use that when, when I worked at the mill, I would buy uh I'd buy a $300 pair of work boots because I needed to be comfortable and I needed them to last more than uh, more than a month or two. So I, I dished out the dollars and I used them for uh, two, three years, got, got some good money worth. At our age, skates, our feet, are, are, they affect our ankles, our knees, our hips, everything, exactly. our back. I, I, think you should, I think people should spend the dollars and make sure they're comfortable. Yeah, comfortable. like... They're gonna last like yeah. My true skates lasted five years and I skated lots. My my old my old skates lasted about six, seven years, and then they literally blew up in Yeah, literally. But... <laughs> so but yeah, oh, so I'll, I'll be uh skate shopping. I'll be yeah. looking around and seeing what's out there. The one thing with Bauer though. Like the top of the line skates, they don't even come with the blade no more. You gotta buy the blade separate. I know. Is that a ripoff? Oh, that's a ripoff. Like you're paying twelve hundred dollars, thirteen hundred dollars as it is for that type of skate. Then you gotta pay another hundred dollars for the blade. Yeah. That's I thought that was weird. But uh if you're gonna pay that much for skates, you might as well just get get, get them custom made and so, if anyone wants to donate to my fund, my buy it, I need a new pair of skate fund, <laughs> let me know. I will give you my EMT. And, or if anyone won at Bingo or Lotto Max or any uh, <laughs> any draws and that they want to donate, let me know. I need a any, new pair of skates. Any uh, Nevada tickets? Yeah, Nevada tickets. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I need new skates. And like sucks because it's January and you still got February, March, April, and there's a tournament in May. Yep. So you still have four months of hockey left. So I'll be uh, being careful how I tie my skates because yeah. I, I don't yeah. want them to rip anymore. And just go like uh, early, just just tape it up. I think I'm gonna super just... glue my tongue back to my skate though. Yeah, you gotta do it. Super glue and then use lots and lots of uh those that sock tape. 
<laughs> and I just won't pull my tongue. Like I, I yeah. usually pull it up. I just, I'll just leave my tongue alone and hopefully it doesn't rip out again. Can you play with? Oh yeah, I was gonna say, just maybe I'll put padding there and not even have a tongue. <laughs> yeah. Imagine first game getting shot right in the foot, top of the yeah. foot with no, no padding of the tongue. That would hurt. Uh, you ha- okay? Question: You have four imports for your team. You're making a res team for a res tourney. Yeah, and you have four imports. Who would you pick? Who would you pick and why? Well, and this is like uh, this is not NHL roster players, so they could be like pro, college, junior players, res, res ringers. Just no, no NHL players. Who would you pick? Full disclosure. Okay, we. I'm not a scout. I haven't watched all the WHL, all the college NCAA. I don't know all the. Metis indigenous peep skaters out there. So before you you get mad because we did I didn't say that your son is playing before I don't know them right because someone's gonna get angry. We gotta. We, I I feel like we should say that now. <laughs> 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 Number one, my for my partner on D, I gotta go with Jesse. Watching him in the Freddy was just unbelievable. So calm. So confident out there, like I, he was mad. He was mad. Hand, well, not mad. Like he was controlling a play when he was tracked by two by two skaters. It just seemed like he just he he played in a way that he manipulated what the skaters were to do, and then he made he does so he can make a play. That's what I think. You kind of get what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying. You know. <laughs> now for um. You know, who else? So that's number oh, one. Yeah, um, I gotta go with Judd. Juddy Blackwater. Yeah, just so, just so he can teach us how to how to breathe properly. <laughs> how to breathe properly? Well, you know, in the way she said, because uh, his breathing technique, he he's a faster recovery rate. And yeah. Not to mention that I'm not. You know, and he's really pretty. I'm gonna swear he's pretty fucking sick on the ice, man. Like, he's <laughs> fucking good. <laughs> and then, um, I think I'm gonna have to go with the two junior boys uh, on his wing. I'm gonna go with Connor, and I'm gonna go with Dwayne. Young boys. So you, yep. So you got Connor Roulette. Yes. And Dwayne. Yeah. Dwayne Junior. Mm-hmm. That's uh. That's a yeah. That's a really good list. No goalie though. How come you didn't pick a goalie? Because <laughs> you 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 didn't specify. Oh, what do you say? Well, there's a goalie already out there. <laughs> you just told me to get four imports, and I did. You didn't okay. Say, you didn't say defense or forwards or. Well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here's my list. Okay, I gotta, I gotta get a a goalie, right? Yes, I have a goalie. I gotta get a (laughs) new player because you said Judd already, so I won't pick Judd. So I'll think about. Okay, my first player is uh, former guest of the show, Mister Devin Buffalo. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy's yeah, probably good. the best res goalie out there right now. We watched him play when at the Freddy when he played for yeah. uh, PBCN when they played uh, Canoe Lake Young Guns in the quarterfinals. And this guy was it's probably one of the best uh, goalie game I've seen in a long time. Like this guy was calm, he was smooth. Like he made he had a penalty shot in the third period with a minute left, and he was so yeah. calm and he stopped him easy. He made it look made the look he made the penalty shot look easy. The sh- the save look easy. Yeah. So I got our boy Devin. Uh I got another former guest. He's currently playing NCAA hockey for Niagara University. Brandon Stanley. Okay. He's uh six what six three, six four, left left hand shot, big kid, strong on the puck. He he can fly. So mm-hmm. yeah, I got him got so I got Brandon. Another guy, another former guest, our friend of the show, Mr. Caden Butterfly. Oh yeah. He played for the Moose Creek Scrappers at the Freddy. This kid can hit. He can run the power play, run penalty kill, could play 30 minutes a game and still be effective and still. He's like, he plays like your game, Bush. He can play out like a Chris Pronger game, stay out there and not even break a sweat. <laughs> I'm Since you, Judd, I had Judd on my list, but since I don't have Judd no more, I don't know who I'm. Hmm, that's a tough one. Maybe I'll pick uh former guest, Mister uh, our young guy there, Carrie Terrence. Oh yeah, who's playing with the Erie Otters? He's having a good season. He's on the NHL scouting bureau. He's projected to be maybe a second round, third round pick. So he'd be a good pickup. I'm sure he he's having a good season in Erie. He's putting up points. So that's my that's my list. I got Devin, Brandon, Caden, Carrie. There you go. And so, and you got who? Do, who's on your list again? I got, I got me and Jesse manning the defense, obviously, because uh, I forgot a goalie. <laughs> <laughs> and I got I got Connor and Dwayne wingers and Judson Sanderman. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a good list. But uh yeah, we're this is uh we're not being biased, we're not no. sorry sorry if we didn't pick you. Um but yeah, that's our list for four imports who would we pick if we had to start a team. Yeah. So that's a lot of money that we'd have to dish out. Yeah. Well well, <laughs> Good thing for us that we just run a really successful monster bingo for fundraising. Yeah. You'd, you'd probably have to give those players are like a thousand dollars hotel and gas type of players. Yeah. Easily, yeah. And but the thing is that they they'll show up and yep. So yeah, that's awesome. Uh what next? Uh Okay, we're selling hoodies. We're selling long sleeve shirts, and we're fundraising because we want to. We want to. We want to. We want to design and get more merch out there. That too, and we want to trademark our name. We have like so no one, no one can use the Res Hockey name, because 
you don't want two people to be having this i don't know what what make money off what yeah. we're trying to do as a podcast and as res hockey just like how Don Burnstick has the cousins yeah. uh, name trademark and no one can use cousins c u z z i n cousin so that's why we use cousin of the week, right? Because we can't use cousin, which it's more of a business thing than anything else, right? So buy buy a couple long sleeve shirts and a hoodie off us, excuse me, to support us to uh, raise money to yeah. trademark our name because we want to. Because anyone can just start using res hockey, and hopefully, no one trades market before yeah. us, and we're uh, f. F out of luck. Out, out of luck. So, yeah, out of luck. So, yeah, help us and we'll help you. So, yes, we will. Uh, last week, North American Tournament of Champions in Kenora, Ontario is back. Uh, North American Tournament of Champions is usually Easter weekend. Are you excited for that? That's big I'm news. Very, I'm very excited for it. It's big news for our, our region because that's the biggest tournament in the area so and we attract teams from saskatchewan alberta manitoba and obviously ontario so big news it's it's uh more info to come but something something that we're gonna look we'll be looking forward towards and maybe we'll go live there and yep so we'll see how that goes so if like we said it's it's always during Easter weekend, so plan your schedule around that tournament because it's going to be a good one because it's been off for how many years? Two years now? They canceled it no, for two, three years? 2019. Oh, yeah, so three years now they canceled Wait. it. So No, they had it in 2000. No. Did they have it in 2019? I don't think so. Yeah, they canceled it the last three years. Just like the little NHL. So, it's going to be big. Uh, before we go, I just want to say uh, it's good to see former guests and your import, Mister Judd Blackwater, back on <laughs> back in the lineup playing in Germany. He's been out with a knee injury since November, so it's good to see him back playing again. Um, so we wish Judd all the best. Uh, with the rest of his season in Germany, I think his team team name is called the Falcons. So, uh, what else? Uh, voting. Uh, Brandon Montour, Ethan Bear, TJ Oshi. You all can vote for these three Indigenous players. Uh, you can vote up to ten times a day, and the last day is January seventeenth, which is tomorrow. So. So keep voting until till that deadline. It'd be good if one of these three players make it to the NHL All-Star game. So keep voting, guys. Uh anything else before we, uh, we take off? I got I got uh <coughs> I don't have nothing to nothing. Nothing. Well, mm-hmm. I guess with that being said, uh thanks again for joining us for another episode of Res Hockey. Uh, this was episode 70. And if you guys have any ideas or recommendations of like guests you want to have on, uh, if you want to be because of the week or you have top five ideas, 
shoot us a message on one of our social medias and uh, we would totally uh, talk about it on the show. And it's always good to get ideas from, from you guys. So yeah, yeah sh- shoot us, shoot us some ideas. Cause we're sometimes Bush and I are, st- are uh, we hit a wall when we want try to write an episode. And so <laughs> it's good to get help. So with that being said, uh, yeah, thanks. And uh, we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Peace. Bye.